<laughs> I, love, I love Father's Day. I love the whole everything about it because I love being a dad. And, and uh, one of the things I love about our Father in Heaven is Psalm 68 that says that He is a father to the fatherless. It says that He is the one in Psalm 68. Look at it. It says He's a defender of widows, is God in His holy dwelling. Look at this next part. I love this next part of this. It says, God sets the lonely in what? Come on, everybody say it. What? Families. He puts the, the lonely in families. That's what community is. That's what C3 Fort Worth is. And I appreciate all the comments about Southern California, the weather in San Diego. Well, this is Fort Worth, y'all. Can I get an amen? And we are proud of Fort Worth. Come on, somebody. I mean... Uh, C3 Fort Worth, excited about it, and uh, you were well represented at that conference, C3 Americas. Excited to see what God's doing in this time. And so I want to speak about fatherhood and what it is to be a father, and I want to give us kind of a unique perspective on it. If you want to do a title, it could just be hashtag unexpected people, because that's the book, uh, that's the subtitle of the book I wrote. We're going to give it to uh, the men here in just a moment. Unexpected people. Turn to somebody and says, you are an unexpected person. Because everybody here has an absolute amazing purpose, and it's unexpected. Unexpected. I was sitting with my cousin, Lynn, and, uh, up on uh, Olympia Peninsula, and uh, Joe, her husband, Joseph, is, a, is a, a, a composer, and he's done movies for the last 30 years. He's doing... What's that show, NCI something? No, no, he's doing the hospital one. What's that one? Grey's Anatomy. So he's doing the music on that. So he's up there playing, you know, doing the music, and she's an artist and all that. And we're sitting there talking, looking out in the ocean, out of her house. And she turned to me and she said, you know, you kind of like travel and speak and, and do this like pastoring thing and ministry. I go, yeah. She goes, she looks at me, she goes, this is my cousin who we've known since we were like this. Oh, that's my sister back there, Lois. And uh, she looks at me, she goes, how did that ever happen? <laughs> Anybody ever wonder that sometimes? How did you end up here? How did this happen? See, I believe God uses unexpected people to do things that everybody else thinks. How did that happen? happen. You know why? Because then who gets the glory out of it? God does. I love the picture that Chris gave us of the Father and, and of, of drawing those little drawings and, and uh, all the different stuff and then saying, here, look at this. Reminds me of the story of uh, the man who lived in Switzerland and his family and they're up in the mountains and one day he needed to go check something out through a very dangerous sort of pass and as he's walking through the snow and the storm that was going on, he's, he's been walking for a little while, and suddenly he kind of hits a spot and stops to kind of gain his balance, and all of a sudden he hears behind him this little voice that says, says, be safe, Daddy. Daddy, careful. I'm walking in your footsteps. And he turns, and his little six-year-old girl has been following him. If you're a dad, you can write this down. And in fact, for every single one of us, we can take this into our hearts. Your children may not always listen to you, but they're going to follow in your footsteps. Can I get an amen on that? 
And so today, one of the, one of the special things I love is that, is that sound of uh, my children when they were young yelling, you know, at me, Dad, you know, I'd come home and the guys would be coming down the stairs and jump on me and the stuff that happens as a dad. And, and then I love now in this, in this part of my life, this grandfather thing, Jim Tresky and I were talking a few moments ago about what it's like to be a grandfather and a grandpa and be a papa and how cool it is. I love that whole sound. It's the first words I'm trying to teach my youngest grandchild, Grayson. He's like, Papa, Papa. I'm going like, he just said it. And they're going, Mara's like, no, 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 that, that wasn't, that was just, he's like got bubbles or something. You're going, no, 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 I heard it. But watch this video. I love this, the fact of the word dad and what this means. I love that. That's uh, my neighbor's uh, company put these together for Dove. And I'm going to show another one in a moment. But I love what they've done because they captured something that pulls on the heart of every single one of us. I was in a car yesterday. I was in Alaska yesterday and, and uh, fishing for a couple days. It was awesome. And, and uh, talking to the lady that was driving us back and, and talking about how she was taken away from her dad when she was young, reunited when she was 40 years old, and what that meant to her as a 40-year-old person to actually walk into a room and have her dad hug her for the first time since she was six years old. And what it meant to her, how it shifted things in her life. And see, that's the beauty of God saying, I'm your father. When Jesus taught us to pray, he said, pray this way, our what? Come on, somebody, our what? Our father. Why? It's not had nothing to do with the fact that he's male or female, because God is all that encompasses male and female. Word teaches us he's a spirit. When he created us in, him, in his image, he created us male and female. But there's something about that word that speaks of security and understanding and affirmation and love and, and somebody who hugs us and holds us and says, I believe in you and I believe you can do this. No matter what anybody else says. And so the beauty of this day, for those of us particularly in a world that is broken in so many ways, for, for many of us here today to have never had that moment, our Father in Heaven has designed this day, this moment, this time together to tell you, I love you. I'm proud of you. You're here on purpose. I love that song, and I'd like to close with it, Chris. Good, good father. And I love that whole feel of that, of, of he, he is our father. That's who he is. And then it says, and because he loves me, I know who I am. Identity, it's the core issue for every single one of us as we hit that part of our life in our teens, early teens, and we're, why am I here? What is going on? Why is all this happening? We begin to look at it, and when a father knows who he is, then the children find out who they are. That's the importance of a father, and that's why our Father in Heaven is so uh, important, and this Father's Day is important. I wrote down uh, a couple things that uh, I love that, that first video. Do you love all the things that dads say? How many of you have, have things that dads, your dad told you that's like dad wisdom? Huh? Dad wisdom. Like only dad would tell you that. And uh, because Father's Day, for me, 
Father's Day is sort of like National T-shirt day. Because what do you get, Dad? What do you get, Dad? Like, you used to be a tie. That was easy. And everybody stopped wearing ties. Now what do you get for Father's Day? That's a quandary. You get a T-shirt that says, World's Greatest Dad. Which just proves that you have a sense of healthy skepticism. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, but what, what we do know about Dad is Dad always has an answer for everything. Is that right? right. Did, did Dad always have an answer for everything? And I love that whole deal. How about this one? A little dirt never hurt anyone. Just wipe it off. This will hurt me a lot more than it. Uh, you call that noise music? I love that one. Here's a dad one. This is totally a dad one because I've done this. We're not lost. I'm just not sure where we are. And then the next thing is turn the radio down. Why does the radio have to be down if we're lost? Well, I'm thinking. And then this is a good one. I saw this. Uh, somebody's dad said this to them. He says, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't do that. I tried all that stuff when I was your age. Is not worth it. <laughs> it's like, okay. You want something to do? I'll give you something to do. And then this one, you can be replaced. Uh, how about this one? You're going and you'll have fun. Uh, how about, this, this is a dad one because this is like a bail. This is a dad bailout. You better, you better get your room picked up before your mother gets home. Oh, that one. Oh, here's the a, here's a one that happened around my house a lot. Has anyone seen my screwdriver? Yeah. Or insert hammer? Right? Has anybody seen my wrench? And here's, here's a couple more. If you're around trouble, then you're probably going to be in trouble. And then this is a great one. I love this. Always keep, this is, this is actually a friend of mine whose dad said this to them. Always keep some pajamas close by. You never know when there will be a fire. I love that. Hey, we're going to hand out uh, the book, Just a Bartender, Unexpected People Change the World. And we're going to hand one to every single man that's here. Every man. All right. This is a free gift from C3 Fort Worth. And uh, <laughs> it's a book that we just wrote, came out a couple weeks ago, and, and uh, I believe it's going to be a blessing. Hey, let me see uh, one, because I want to I check and see what I'm supposed to be talking about. <laughs> so it's a gift. Can you give these guys a hand, all the dads? How many dads do we have? How many fathers do we have? All the dads stand up. Dads stand up. Everybody give them a hand. Amen. Bless you guys. We're going to bless you at the end of the service. We got some new dads. I called one this morning, Big Gene, his first, uh, first Father's Day. So um, I believe all that wisdom, uh, a lot of that's probably in here, and it's a mix of my dad, right, and the books I've read, the people I've met, the Word of God as I've ingested it into my life. And uh, I'm thinking of my friend, uh, Steve Mayle, who's here today. Give him a hand from the United Kingdom, from London, from Watford, Watford, England. Pastors there was just this week in the great land and nation of San Antonio. 
and uh, ministering, speaking, and uh, love having you here, Steve. Love your spirit. Love who you are. He travels all over the world, just in Argentina, doing great crusades. And actually, just recently, were you in Argentina just recently? It was somewhere else. Thailand. Thailand. Same time I was in China. You were in Thailand a couple weeks ago. It was awesome. Messaging back and forth. Excited to see what God's doing in he and his family's life and uh, pastoring. So it's good to have you here. But uh, a couple things I learned from my dad and just have learned. I want you, if you can, you can write these down or, or get the, uh, is this being recorded? Do we do this thing? We do like a thing where you can get it online, that sort of thing, stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. And uh, let me just give you a couple things. These are important about being a dad, role of a father. And these are things I learned in, in my life and, and carved out, if you will, in, in my life, I believe the role of a father is not just to raise a good son, but to raise another good father. And, and same with moms, same with us, those of us who are raising children. It's not our role just to raise a great child, but to raise another great mom, great father. Because that's what will change the future of the world. The future of the world ch changes incrementally over time. But I, I wrote down a couple things that I've learned from my dad and, and just from my own and our own life. And number one is uh, be there. Be there. Sometimes guys ask me because we do a, a ministry to men around the world and they'll ask me, hey, what's the most important thing to be about being a dad? I just be there. You know, don't bail. Be there. And sometimes you have to fight to be there. One of the things that I learned uh, years ago was to set my personal calendar before I set my business calendar. In other words, last year when I bought my calendar for this year, and I'm kind of old school, I use actual real paper. Remember paper? <laughs> paper was awesome. Love paper still. And, uh, so I, but I put on there uh, Grayson's first birthday. I put that in ink and nothing was going to touch that. I put a few other things on there for this year that nothing could touch. And so all my travel, all my business, everything I'm doing, all the charity work, all went around these particular days. So set your personal calendar. In other words, you, have, you may have to fight to be there. But that's your role as a dad and as a father, be there. Number uh, secondly is realness. Realness. In other words, live your life in a way that you're visible. Live your life openly in front of your children. That doesn't mean you're perfect, but a man that be a man that sticks around and can be easily found. Which goes to the next one, which is be present. Be present. In other words, it's not just enough to be there. It's be present in the moment. What's going on? One of the things that, that uh, Judy and I talked about is... Uh, in, in part of my life, my dad had been taught, hey, you sacrifice everything for the ministry. He was a pastor. You sacrifice everything, including your family. That was the old school thing he was taught. It was wrong, which caused him to launch a ministry to men later in his life. But I learned, you know, the minute I walk in the door, I belong to those kids and my family. And the minute I walked in, this, the guy, Brandon and Bryce, when they were young, they'd come running down like, you know, like this crazy, and they'd just jump. They would just launch from about halfway down the stairs. <laughs> and then it was on. And Judy would be, if we'd be wrestling or something, and Judy, would, my wife, would say, uh, hey, somebody's going to get hurt. And I'm like, 
Yeah, that's the point. But be present. Be present. Be awake to your children's life. I love what Jerry Seinfeld said. He said, don't just ask them what they, you know, hey, how was your day? Ask them what made you laugh today? What annoyed you today? In other words, find out really what's happening underneath all of the stuff. Another one is this, laugh, laugh often. <laughs> Don't take yourself too seriously. Really, you are just you. Turn to somebody and say, you're just you. You're just you. So laugh and laugh often and enjoy the moments that laughter brings. Here's another one that I tell guys all the time. I say one of the most important things you can do for your children is hug them. Hug them. In fact, it has now been, it, it's something I knew, just, I knew this was important. I knew this was what my Father in Heaven would do for me. And I did that for my kids, and I would hug them, hug them often, even when they didn't want to be hugged, you know? And uh, I've watched uh, some of the fathers here that, that have older children. They'll grab them, hug them, kiss them on the cheek. Guy's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, some of the things that dads do, we don't appreciate until we get to be about 40 years old. <laughs> You know, and we kind of go, oh, yeah, that was cool. But hug them. And it's been actually proven. University of Pennsylvania that did a study on the biological father with a child and how it causes them to be healthier. See, I believe the core of a person is formed in the breath of their father. In the same way that as God breathed life into Adam and formed his core, he being Adam, Adam, man, man and woman, life created, and he breathed a core or a center into that life, that breath of God. I believe the same thing happens when a father holds their child close. And I'm going to talk about a couple different things like that in a moment, but, but hugging them close and letting them feel that strength of masculinity and that, that, that stubble of the beard and the fragrance of masculinity. And uh, just everything that's there, it's actually been proven now biologically that something happens in us when that happens. And when we don't have that in our lives later in life, we look for that. That's where our Father in heaven says, I'll be the one who's there for you. I'll be the one who loves you unconditionally. No matter where you are, what's happened or what's going on in your life, I love you. Another one is uh, praying together. Praying together. And dads and men, let me just tell you something. It's not about the words. Because as men, we're kind of a little bit performance driven at times. Right? And so we'll pray with our kids and we're like, we don't necessarily always have the right words. We're not smooth like Chris. We don't have the right words like Steve, you know. But, but we'll give it our kids and we're like, oh God, verily you are the one. You are a good, good father. <laughs> Amen. You know, our kids are looking at us like, what the heck was that? But the fact is, it's not about the words. It's about the spirit of the moment. A father who just says, I love you. I'm proud of you. And I pray a blessing over you in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's not about the words. It's not having, about having all the right little stuff together. It's about the affirmation of that moment in the spirit. And then another thing is, is worship. 
Let your children see you loving God. Let your children see you worshiping Him. There's something that happens in that. I love having the children come in. Quite often we'll have the older children come in and they'll watch us worship because they can see what's happening and something gets imprinted in their lives. I love, I love loving my children and I love that whole sense of how a father loves his children. And, and I saw this in another one of the videos that my neighbor's uh, company did for Dove. I love this picture of what a father is. Watch this. That's a father. That's a father. And I want to talk, I just want to finish today talking about one of uh, the world's most unexpected men. Just a bartender uh, actually speaks of an unexpected man by the name of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah was this guy, there's a book written about him in the Old Testament, and it talks about this guy who was a slave, and it says he was the cupbearer for the king. So in, in my world, when I read the Word of God, I read it as real people who really lived, and this really happened. So I put myself in there. I'm like, what would it be if I was like hanging and Lazarus comes walking out of that tomb? You know, what if I was here? What if I was there? And so I looked at this Nehemiah, and I thought, what a fascinating guy. And here's Nehemiah. First chapter is awesome. At the end of it, he asks for favor and success. But at the start of it, he accepts responsibility. In other words, he steps up as a mature man, accepts responsibility for issues. And he finds out that Jerusalem's destroyed, messed over. And it says he's the cupbearer for the king. So I figure he's the king's bartender, right? And there's two people that know everything about you. And that is the person who cuts your hair and your bartender. Can I get amen? I mean, maybe you don't have a bartender, but you probably have somebody who cuts your hair. And they know all kinds of stuff about you. And, and so here's this guy, this bartender and a slave. And as you study the story of Nehemiah, he ends up rebuilding the city of Jerusalem. It's an amazing story. And so the book has to do with the attributes of his life that helped him get to a place where he ended up doing something that was absolutely, totally unexpected. There's no way that a slave and a bartender could rebuild a city that had been in ruins for 100 years and is 1,500 miles away from him. But God moved in his life, and what it had to do with was his identity. Identity, write that down, identity. Here's what identity is, and it's in the book. Identity is the story you tell yourself about yourself. And so the identity for Nehemiah was, I'm a slave and a bartender, but that's what he did with his hands. What God looks at us as is who we are in our hearts. God looks on the inside. We look on the outside, right? We look at people's hands. We say, oh, hey, Paul, what do you do? Hey, I meet somebody. Hey, man, what do you do, Brandon? What do you do? And so we slot people based on what we do with our hands. But God looks at us based on who we are in our hearts. And so Nehemiah was an unexpected man. And in the book, we talk about all the different things that he had to have and the things he had to have in his life. But one of the most unexpected men that, as I was reading uh, last night on the airplane and yesterday afternoon and just praying over this, I thought, here's the most unexpected dad, this being Father's Day, the most unexpected dad that I've ever read about is a guy named Joseph. 
who was engaged to a, a young lady named Mary. And one day his fiance shows up and says, hey, guess what? Like, I'm pregnant. And Joseph is like, yeah, okay, like, with whom? Like, who did this? She says, well, it's kind of like a divine sort of thing that happened. And so you may imagine Joseph. He's like, oh, yeah, like a cloud showed up. And she goes, yeah, it was like an angel. He goes, yeah, 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 yeah. But think about this, Joseph. I mean, think about Joseph and his family when Jesus is born. I love this picture. I love the fact that, that Joseph's just a regular guy. But he's now the stepfather of the Messiah. So Joseph is like, here's Jesus running out, heading out to play with some kids. And Joseph is like, hey, did you do your room? And Jesus is like, yeah, Dad, I always do my room. Think about this. Joseph's like, hey, 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 did you do those chores you needed to do? And Jesus is like, Dad, I always do my chores. <laughs> Think about this. The guy's a regular guy, but his kid is perfect. And his wife is the blessed Virgin Mary, mother of the Messiah. That's his wife. We think about this deal, like, like if he's if he's like upset with Mary, Mary's like, "Hey, angels, God, Messiah." We think about Joseph, man. He's the only messed up guy in his whole family. You know, this is one family where everybody knows that Dad is never right. If there's like an argument, think about this. If there's like a misunderstanding or everybody says, hey, we should do this. And he says, no, no, we're doing this. His son looks at him and goes, yeah, no, that wouldn't be the right thing. And Joseph's got to go, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. You're only six, but you're always right, dang it. <laughs> think about this. But here's Joseph. Think about Joseph. Joseph, the Bible says, is a righteous man. Why? An unexpected man. Why would... Why would God choose this guy? Because God knew he was a righteous man. And the word as it profiles him basically shows us that God knew he would do what was supposed to be done according to the word of God. In other words, this word was so in him and he was so committed to it that God knew he would do the right thing when the pressure came. In other words, he was a man of Character. Character does the right thing no matter what the context or circumstances are. Right? That's why we have to have the Word of God in us. And God knew that Joseph would do the right thing. I mean, also, we know this is a man of endurance. This is a man of intestinal fortitude. This is a man of creativity. This is a man who a bunch of guys bring a bunch of presents to his son when his son is born. Then they're going to kill his son. They're going to kill a bunch of other babies. And so at this point, Joseph knows, I, we've got to run. And for four years, they take off. He has to go to Egypt for four years. And what happens is, at this point, Joseph knows what he needs to do. And he does it because he's a man of what? Character. 
Let me give you one other thing that he is. He's a man of courage. Everybody say courage. Courage. Here's the thing. And, and let me just put this out here. Jesus, what, what Joseph did at this point is Joseph adopted Jesus. Jesus was an adopted child. Adopted by his father. Given a name by his father. Given a profession by his father. Giving love and affirmation by his dad as an adopted child. We so often don't think of that. We so often don't think of what it took for Joseph to actually embrace that child who was never wrong and to love him and to teach him a trade, and to teach him what it is to be a dad and teach him what it is, or excuse me, to teach him what it is to be a, a man of God. The thing that I believe that he gave to his son that Joseph had is he had courage. Courage is a result of embraced destiny. When other people said, hey, hey, she got pregnant. You don't know that it was an angel, dude. If you know the story, what happens is an angel comes to Joseph in a dream and says, she's, she's a righteous woman. You're doing the right thing. This did happen because of God. And Joseph has a choice. He's got a choice. He can either embrace that or he can reject it. He can either choose to love his wife and this child that's coming in the world or he can sit back and say, no, no, I don't want any part of this. And he can bail. And Joseph, to his credit, had the courage inside of him to say, I want to do this and I choose this. Romans, the fifth chapter, says that before we ever loved God, he loved us. Loved us, embraced us, loved us as a father, put us on the earth on purpose. However you got here, you're here on purpose. No matter what the circumstances were or what happened or how it transpired or how you became to be alive on the earth, God positioned you to be on the earth now. He loves you with a passion. Romans 5 says, before you ever knew about him, before we ever loved him, he loved us. Loved us. Now, the same thing that Joseph had, where he had to have the courage to make that choice, you and I have to have the courage also to make that choice. Courage is the result of embraced destiny. Courage is a result of knowing I'm on the earth for this purpose. And no matter what you say or what the context is or what, how you speak against me or against my God, or I'm here on purpose. And we're filled with that. The world in which we live, people misunderstand who we are as followers of Christ. Quite often they'll say things that are, well, you're just this or you're just that. And they'll try to slot us in a little box. We just, have to tell, we just have to have the courage to say, no, that's not who we are. As followers of Jesus Christ, we're called to love every single person and called to believe that every person has a purpose and that every person has value and every person on the face of the earth has worth and that Jesus came and gave his life for that person, whether they receive him or not. 
Whether they know it or not, we're called to love the same way our Father does, unconditionally. That's what we're called to do, to love unconditionally. Everybody stand with me right now. Joseph had courage, and we have to have courage also. Courage comes by putting the Word of God in us. Sometimes we get busy with our lives, and we're like, oh, I need to read the Word, and then we'll, we'll do like a, like a binge read, you know, like, oh, man, I haven't done anything for like 10 days, and we try to do a binge read, and all of a sudden we're in the middle of Ecclesiastes, and we're like, I don't know what this is. The fact is, it needs to be a daily practice for us. See, Joseph had that practice in his life. God knew he could trust him. He had the courage to receive Mary, to raise his son. I'm sure it was a great relief to Joseph when, when, the, when his son James was born. Finally, there's another guy that's not perfect in the family. We know Jesus had brothers and sisters. I'm sure that was a good moment for Joseph. We also know that Joseph is no longer in the narrative by the time that Jesus, at the age of 30, begins his three-year earthly ministry. But we also know that Joseph had trained his children, put the Word of God in them. We've got to have this in us. There's three young men. The Bible teaches us about three young men, Hebrew young men. They're captured. They're taken as slaves. And this is the reason we need to be in community. These three young men, three young men in community together, are told that at a certain time the band is going to play and there's this idol. This king has raised up this 90-foot tall idol and everybody's going to bow to it. The image of the king. And everybody's going to bow to this thing. Band plays. And these three young men are like, no, no, that's, that's not who we are. We know who we are, and we're not that. And we're not going to bow to that image. Then they hear the word, hey, but if you don't bow, you're going to get killed. They're looking at each other like, whoa, dude. See, courage is not, courage is not looking at things and saying, oh, it doesn't exist. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is the moving forward in the presence of of fear, in the presence of persecution. Courage is taking a step when you don't really think you can. Because Hebrews 13, 5, God says, I'll be there with you. In fact, chapter 1 of Joshua, verse 5, the promise to Joshua before he even told him, have courage was, I'll be there with you. So have courage. We need courage to stand because the world has raised up an image. What a woman's supposed to look like. What it's supposed to, what we're supposed to look like to be this group or in this group or to be to be whatever the world. The world has raised up an image and people are bowing, and all those young men did was stand. And what God knew about Joseph was when everybody else bowed, he would stand. And all that God's asking of you and I is that when the whole world bows to the images that have been raised up for us, to stand. They were thrown in a furnace. We know this story. Thrown in a furnace. 
heated up extra and fire comes up they're thrown in three guys thrown in fourth guy shows up king looks in and says who's that king says well it looks like the son of god how did he know that steve how did he how did that recognition happen he knew it in his heart and spirit he knew it the minute he looked in he went you know what they're right they're god is real and if you'll stand with courage there are people in your life at some point as you stand they'll look and say you know what he's real god's real they'll see it in you they'll see it in the moment they'll see it in your strength so i want to pray over every dad here but i also want to pray over every single person here now i just want to pray the spirit of courage over you that you'll stand when all others bow because that's what happened a million people on a plane they all bow you know it's fascinating to me i think about that moment you know those guys that were standing they didn't have to wave their bibles they didn't have to go hey we're c3 they didn't have to go on cnn yeah. all they did is when everybody else bowed they stood and people could see it in them they stood i want to pray for you to have the courage this week to stand for the conviction you know to not be a person of compromise, but be a person of character. I want to pray for you today. Would you just reach out your hands like this when you're receiving something? I want to pray a Father's blessing on you. Lord, I pray for everyone here, and I pray in your stead now, being called and invited to stand here today. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, I pray a blessing over every single person here. And I pray a spirit of courage would rise up. I pray, Father, in every issue, in every situation, whether it's a personal family situation or whether it's at the office or at work or on the job, Lord, it may be in our hobbies. It may be out at the lake. It may be doing Little League. It may, it may be any other place in our life. But, Father, there is a time we will need to stand. And I pray for everyone here. The same courage that was on Joseph. For this unexpected man embraced his fiance and said, I trust God more than I trust my emotions. I trust God more than I trust my own judgment. I trust God more than I trust my own thinking. I trust God more than I trust the words of other people. I trust God more than I trust the caricatures of culture. I trust God. So Father, I pray that over my sister right now. I pray that over my brother right now. I pray that over every dad to have the courage to be a strong father. And Lord, we thank you right now for your presence here in this place and that you're a good, good father. Lord, we thank you right now that we can sing this song and say, you're you are a good, good, good father. Good father, it's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are.